1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
4: You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on Feastin Primetime. Prime Time. We're off
5: and running on a Tuesday, and the excitement level is building and building Sean King. Because guess what? We are just one, two. Two sleeps away from the start of the NFL season. The Los Angeles Rams, the defending world champions taking on the Buffalo Bills. Oh, by the way, week one of the college football season in the books. Overreactions plenty. Good to be back off a of Labor Day weekend. How are you, sir? I am excellent, and I think you're really great at your job, but I hate when you assume things.
3: I'm tailgating Wednesday night. This is like <laughs> the, the kids outside of Cameron before Duke North Carolina. I'm not going to sleep Wednesday. Are you crazy? You get a little shut not out? Not at all, man. I get to defending Super Bowl champs as a home dog. To open the Super Bowl, I mean, to open the uh, NFL season, I'm staying awake. No rest for the weary.
5: All right. Right now, as uh, as many of you know, as Sean just alluded to, the Buffalo Bills, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the defending world champion Los Angeles Rams. A total of 52, 52-and-a-half, 52 depending on where you look. So a lot to get to. It is a Tuesday, so that means Sean's two-lane buddy. And uh, creator of Entourage, Doug Ellen, will join us in the third hour of the program. Uh, We had a quick chat with him last night. Just say, hey, what what do you want to talk about? He said, I'm a big better. So (laughs) I said, well, here we go. Let's talk about what he's got, what he's firing on. Because apparently he is firing on plenty of games, Sean, uh, heading into week one. And I think there's some agreements uh, between you and Mr. Ellen.
3: Brilliant minds think alike. You know, I always tell you that genius is lonely. But there are a few geniuses, so anytime that we can get together and form a tandem and tag team, one of our future members of the Genius Club and Tim Murray, it's always good to impart educational ideas and opinions your way. Well,
5: you know, it's it's like when I saw my partner over the weekend tweeting about Georgia nonstop, and I said, oh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, It's almost like someone on this program told you that Georgia's going to be pretty good. You did. You had blind faith, and all
3: I simply stated was if. If Georgia was ever going to regress, this would be the year. However, my biggest takeaway is Georgia's here to stay. (laughs) Like, I don't look at outcomes. I don't really make my full decision based on just statistics. Like, I go by the eye test, and Georgia has the most amount of long, linear, NFL-caliber athletes that play with violence, physicality, and an effort unknown to mankind. This Georgia team will not miss a beat. I actually think they should be favored to win the SEC and to participate in the college football playoff. And this isn't an overreaction. This is just me basing everything that I saw on week one, which is the information we currently have available. They look like the most impressive unit. And I know there's a level of comfort. Anytime your opposition is quarterbacked by Bo nicks you know <laughs> at some point he's going to implode. He does uh, consistently have that gene. We've seen that for years at Auburn. However, I was impressed with the effort Oregon showed, especially early in that game. And uh, if not for those early Bull Nix miscues, maybe that is a second-half game, but Georgia looked the part. They looked to not have any major deficiencies, whereas when I watch the Alabama-Utah State game, they're going to be really good. I don't think they're as talented and dominant on their offensive line as they have been in the past. Utah State... Really good team last year. They graduated a lot of that talent or it transferred out. They're not expected to be as good. That Alabama O-line had difficulty pass protecting for Bryce Young. Now, he made plays, which you would expect from the defending Heisman winner, but I do think they have some some issues on that O-line.
5: Well, they're a 20-point favorite this weekend on the road at Texas. Give me the, the home dog, baby. Good luck with that one. You like <laughs> you like the home dog down in Tampa, and that one didn't uh, work You're out.
3: Right, but I called the uh, transportation department at University of Texas, and they guaranteed me that Quinn Ewer's vehicle will not be towed After this game, as long as Texas covers. So I'm going with the cover and the Longhorns.
5: Yeah, I'm going to not get in front of the Alabama Crimson Tide train. (laughs) uh, But we will uh, will get to that uh, as the week goes on. Uh, It is a Tuesday. We started this tradition last year. I love letdown spots. It's early. But I think there are some spots to look at. I'm not saying all oh, these are bettable. We'll discuss them all. Maybe some look-ahead opportunities as well. So we'll get to those later on in the show. Uh, and former Steelers coach Todd Haley will join the program coming up in just 10 minutes. My friend. So we will talk to uh, yeah. Todd Haley. But we start every in Prime primetime, Sean, with bettable or forgettable. And this is great news. This is great news all around As Sam Hartman, the quarterback of Wake Forest, has been medically cleared to return by the school's medical experts. He's expected to start on Saturday against Vanderbilt. He has been sidelined since August 10th with a non-football-related medical condition. This game opened at BetMGM, as you see right there, as Wake Forest an eight-and-a-half-point road favorite. As the news came out, it is now up to 13-and-a-half. Here where we sit... At Circus Sports, it opened six and has been bet up. And now, obviously, it's been corrections uh, because of this news. Bettable or forgettable? Sam Hartman, back for the Demon Deacons.
3: Well, this is bettable, and it's bettable in the short term and the long term. You're talking about a guy that's thrown 66 touchdowns in his college career, coming off a year where he threw 36 touchdowns and had a new element to his game where he rushed for almost 350 yards, so he showed more mobility than he had in the past, and they were one game away from playing in the ACC championship, and this was with one of the all-time worst defenses that we've ever seen in college football. So getting Sam Hartman back to pilot this offense there in Winston-Salem, I think is extremely, extremely bettable in this week's contest. I was not impressed with Vandy in their game against Hawaii, even though they – They covered the number. Hawaii actually, as we all know now, is going to be really bad this year.
5: 52-point underdogs. But I also
3: think this makes Wake Forest a legitimate ACC title contender. I think Sam Hartman, his ability to operate that system there at Wake Forest is elite, and it makes them a legitimate, legitimate option. Also, really impacts Clemson from a scheduling standpoint, because I think Clemson in week four – goes to winston-salem and i had kind of chalked that up as a win for the tigers but now that hartman is back i think that takes that automatic off the table
5: yeah I, they're 20 to 1 right now at bet mgm are uh the demon deacons to win the acc I, i'm not ready to go that far i thought they'd take a step back this year now their non-con looks a lot more manageable at this moment in time because Vanderbilt, as you see, a two-touchdown favorite. Liberty just lost their starting quarterback. I was not impressed by them over the weekend against Southern Miss. Then a home game against Clemson. On the road at Florida State, uh, you go to NC State and a home game against Syracuse and a home game against North Carolina. So some landmines there, especially for a defense that will struggle. Uh, we'll get to Clemson. Let me
3: clarify, too, because I don't want it to be misconstrued. I still have Miami winning the Atlantic Coast Conference. I'm saying Hartman being back, if you were a believer in Wake Forest, this makes them bettable, in my opinion, because I think he's that good. But I still think, ultimately, Mario Cristobal gets it done in year one, and Tyler Van Dyke and that offense, with a much-improved defense,
5: carry Miami to their ACC championship. Well, once Dabo gets uh, the right quarterback in there, uh, I think Clemson, with that defense, Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, Klubnik
3: looked really good in that (laughs) little – that defense. Again, Woo! I think their front is extremely good. I don't know how good their back end is yet because Georgia Tech never tested them.
5: That is true. Uh, so we will see. A lot to be uh, seen with uh, with the old Clemson Tigers after a cover somehow, some way, but not the first half, which uh, which was unfortunate. How did it
3: push the total? <laughs> but this is why it's very important to shop numbers. Because uh, at my high-end cigar lounge, as we were watching the second half, to a lot of people, the game was over very, very important fourth quarter for a lot of people in the lounge. And some of the guys had 51, but there are a couple guys that shopped around and found 51 and a half.
5: Yeah, that was the closing number was 51 and a half. So, so that
3: was the difference between pushing and cashing a ticket. How that game got anywhere close to 51 from a total standpoint, I still don't
5: know. So didn't feel like it early on in that game with a 14 to 3 uh, halftime score. How about your
3: boy Jeff Collins just folding the tent? late in the
5: game hey, last two
3: drives ran the ball six times
5: would have been would have been preferable if they had not uh, made that field goal at the end of the first half because I had Clemson minus 13 in the first half uh, also if the corner could have just caught it and ran to the house would have helped you would have been would have been nice but hey uh, you, you win some and you lose some bettable or forgettable I'm already on these uh, these Eagles and maybe the steam is a little too much as there's some books in town that have them to the favorite now to win the NFC East but Albert Breer said, normally quarterbacks don't get to the NFL and get a whole lot more accurate. Hertz has. Normally quarterbacks don't get to the NFL and make big strides in throwing with anticipation. Hertz has done that too. And normally a quarterback can't do a ton to improve his presence in the pocket either. And yes, Hertz has also made strides there. That was from Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. Bettable or forgettable? with Jalen Hurts, Sean, with this report from Burt Breer of MMQB at Sports Illustrated.
3: Well, let me address this in a couple ways. First of all, it's forgettable, and I really like Albert Breer. I think he does a tremendous job, but he's wrong in all three instances. I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks to get to the National Football League and improve in every area, accuracy, pocket presence. You know, they make strides, you know, from an anticipation standpoint because they get in an offense where they're required to do that. That's the thing with these college quarterbacks. You cannot hold against a kid the offense he played in in college. If it's not a pro-style system, then he doesn't really work on those things Albert Breer talked about. So I am a big Jalen Hurts fan. I think it's forgettable, the opinion, but I also think it's forgettable, him MVP. I think his success comes from the fact that he can establish himself as the future of the Philadelphia Eagles organization and hopefully fall behind Kyler Murray. got a long-term contract extension. This is year three for Jalen Hurts. Kyler Murray got his extension after year three. Hurts has a great year. I think that's his ceiling, is the contract extension. I don't think he can do anything where he's a legitimate MVP candidate.
5: Do you think the Eagles win the NFC East? I think they
3: have the most talented team,
5: absolutely. Do you think they win the NFC East? Uh,
3: Let's go Carson Wentz, baby. Come on.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I got some news about Carson Wentz. I'll drop on you a little bit later. But first... We will talk to a former NFL quarterback. Todd Haley will join us next. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's VEASAN primetime.
7: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
5: of the week visit BetMGM MGM for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 alongside Super Bowl champ former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Sean King I am Tim Murray. It is VEASAN primetime presented by BetMGM, and it's always a pleasure to talk to a former NFL head coach, and that's what we have the uh, honor to do right now. And, Sean, you know him well. Todd Haley, uh, currently the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits in the USFL. Uh, but, of course, Todd was the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, O coordinator, and many stops, most recently Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coach, we appreciate you jumping on. And let's jump right into Thursday night, because the Buffalo Bills have kind of been the talk of the offseason um, very few people are poking holes in, in what they've got brewing there in upstate New York. They're a favorite on the road against the defending world champion, L.A. Rams. What are your expectations of this Buffalo Bills team heading into 2022?
4: Well, First off, Tim, uh, Sean, thanks for having me. Um, I have high, high expectations now uh, to be favored on the road out in L.A. I mean, uh, You know, that surprised me maybe just a little bit because you're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions that get to drop the banners and and go through all that, um, you know, which creates a lot of emotion and intensity. But, um, you know, this Bill's team starting with Josh Allen, I mean, he's he's just a beast. Um, You know, I've said many times, you know, on the radio and and different places that the I'm on that, um, you know, he makes, he makes as many wow plays as you'll see from anybody. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is up there Aaron Rodgers is up there, but Josh Allen, just the wow plays. I mean, where you rewind the play and you're like, Holy mackerel, look at this play he just made. I mean, he can run it. He can throw it. He's he's the perfect fit for, for Buffalo and the, and the bills mafia, Uh, you know, big, tough, rugged guy. So, um, you know, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a, a phenomenal game. Uh, I don't see it being a low scoring game, but, you know, because I think both teams can, can light it up. And uh, I think the ball will be in the air a bunch, uh, but uh, you know, just really excited in general. Um, I think we're all blessed to, you know, if you look across the landscape of the NFL, how many really good quarterbacks there are, um, you know, there's been lean years back in the past, but um you know, we're blessed to have a lot of really good players handling the football.
3: You know, Coach, no Tren Davis Wright uh, for Thursday for Buffalo, but when you look at that roster, I-, I would agree from top to bottom it's probably the most complete roster, at least on paper, heading into 2022. But my question is at the coordinator position. Uh, Brian Daybol kind of took Josh Allen from a raw, super talented kid out of Wyoming and f- figured out along that journey where he was really good, how could we utilize him and his athleticism, when to do it during the course of the game? They had such a great union. Dayball has now got an opportunity to be a head coach. I know Ken Dorsey has been there the entire time as well, but it's his first time calling the plays. Does that have an impact early in the season as Ken tries to find his way as a coordinator?
4: Well, first off, uh, you you have to give Brian Dayball just a huge amount of credit um, known him for a long time and, and how he shaped uh, Josh into what he's become, you know, one of the elite guys in the league. I mean, you cannot give him enough, enough credit. I'm excited to see what he does with uh, uh, Daniel Jones in New York. Um, but uh, Ken Dorsey, um, uh, another guy that, uh, you know, when he was coming out, uh, he never was, you know, going to be a starter type guy. But uh, he was one of those guys that pretty quickly you said, This guy, when he's finished playing, he's going to coach. He's been there. Um, You know, all you have to do is look at the preseason. I mean, holy mackerel. I mean, uh, I was happy to to see them put the young guy out there and play a little bit. And, um, and they went up and down the field, like it was nothing. So um, I think Ken Dorsey, you know, I've heard nothing but really, really good things about him. Um, He's played the position. He's got a great understanding of it. And he was always a cerebral uh quarterback as it was so um you know early on i thought hey we got to see how this transition goes but um you know seeing what i saw in the preseason and and hearing what i've heard from people around the league um uh, i think ken's got it going on and 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 it doesn't look like he and josh have missed the beat
5: we're talking once again to todd haley you can follow todd coach haley on twitter at the todd haley you can also hear them from uh, time to time on Sirius XM NFL uh, coach. Your last two stops in the NFL most recently was the Cleveland Browns as their OC. And then prior to that, uh, a handful of years in Pittsburgh as the offensive coordinator there. And uh, that leads me to the AFC North. Cause I-, I think this is a very fascinating division. I have a ticket on the Ravens to win this division, but look, if someone told me the Bengals would win it, uh, Sean likes the Steelers, obviously the Browns with the Deshaun Watson situation, it's it's kind of up in the air. When you look at the AFC North, who do you think ultimately emerges uh, out of that division this year?
4: Uh, I think it's very fascinating also, Tim, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, you got Cincinnati, number one, with Joe Burrow, I think is going to be a star for a long time with a great group of weapons around him. They improved the offensive line a bunch. I think the defense is going to continue to improve. You know, last year was up and down until they got hot late, uh, you know, and almost took it all the way to the, you know, to win the Super Bowl. But um, Joe Burrow's not going anywhere. Jamar Chase isn't going anywhere. Um, I picked the Ravens on uh, Sirius XM. We went through every division. But it was, you know, the AFC West and the AFC North. I mean, it it, it is a pick'em division. I mean, they are, uh, I think any one of those teams could could figure out a way to win it. But, uh, you know, the Browns have one of the best rosters, uh, you know, in the division. But, you know, Deshaun's not going to be there for 11 games. How does Jacoby, you know, who I really like, and uh, they'll be able to run the heck out of the ball. I think they're going to have a really good defense. Um Uh, the Ravens, all you hear is great stuff about Lamar. I love him. Um, you know, despite the contract stuff, it doesn't appear to be bothering him at all. We'll see if that gets, you know, gets resolved. But, um, you know, everybody says he's playing the heck and he's, he's one of the most electrifying players in the league, been an MVP. And then you got the Steelers that, uh, you know, with Mike Tomlin at the helm, I will never count them out. I think, you know, he's going to have the defense playing very well. You know, the big question for them is going to be the offensive line. And then, you know, how, how Mitch plays and, and, and if he struggles at all, how quick the, uh, the Steeler crowd, which can be tough at times, (laughs) starts you know, clamoring (laughs) for Kenny Pickett, who I, who I really like, but, um, you know, I think Mitch did a very good, made a great decision going to Buffalo, uh, sitting there for a year, knowing he probably wasn't going to play a bunch, but being able to be with Josh and Brian Dayball and Ken Dorsey, um, you know, and I think that'll do nothing but help them. But um, this is a pick'em div- division for me. I mean, uh, any one of them is very capable of, of being on top at the end.
3: You know, coach, you talk about fascinating as we switch to the NFC for this particular question, and we talk about complete rosters. You know, what John Lynch and Cal Shanahan have created in San Francisco—it's it- really impressive. I mean, offense and defense. I mean, they have elite personnel all over the place. And we get to the quarterback position. You had Baker Mayfield in 2018. They have Trey Lance. Since 2018, Coach, he has not thrown for 3,500 yards. You're talking about a kid that just really hadn't had a lot of live reps at quarterback. With the expectations that San Francisco has, in your opinion, what does success look like for Trey Lance in 2022?
4: Well, I think uh, it's going to be a really good defense. And then I think, uh, you know, Kyle does such a great job of playing to his player's strength. Um, you know, he understands he's got a young guy that hasn't thrown a lot of footballs, uh, you know, throughout his college and professional career. So uh, he's very raw, but I think if there's one place he could be, that's the place to be because I think Kyle will will make it as comfortable as he possibly can. Um, you know, he and John Lynch obviously are in lockstep on on all these decisions that have been made and this one, you know, which was a huge one included, but um, you know, you're talking about an athletic guy. They can run the heck out of the ball. They got Debo Samuel. Um, I just think, you know, he's going to ease them into it. Let the defense play, uh, you know, really good football and, and just try not to do things to beat you on offense, especially early. And um, you know, but there's a lot of pressure on Trey, Um, you know, and then the, Jimmy G thing was one of the shockers to me of the whole off season. I mean, we talked about it all off season, and I was one of the people saying there's no chance he's there and now he's back. So that adds another element to it. Um, you know, it's kind of like Pittsburgh. I think if if there's some struggles with Trey, you know, you could hear some clamoring for Jimmy G. He is Todd Haley.
5: Yeah, great
3: stuff. Coach, man, he's
5: head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits. You can also hear him on Sirius XM. Coach, we appreciate
4: it. Yeah, enjoyed it, guys. Looking forward to the looking forward to Thursday.
5: Yeah, no doubt about it. There he is. Todd Haley. It is Prime Primetime.
4: This is VCN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VCN, the Sports betting Network.
5: It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus, best bets. On season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early, and for a discount of 175 bucks, you'll receive both guides and full VCN access all the way through the Super Bowl or join us for $40 a month and see everything VCN has to up your betting game. Go to VCN.com/slash subscribe for all our your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That was a treat. That's Sean King. It's always a treat to be next to a Super Bowl champion. Sean King, I am Tim Murray, and Todd Haley joining us. former NFL head coach and was the OC in Pittsburgh for, what, six seasons, I think, 2012 to 2017, and uh, now doing his thing in the USFL uh, with the Tampa Bay Bandits.
3: Yeah, real high on Ken Dorsey.
5: Mm-hmm. Doesn't think that the Bills' offense will miss a beat. That's kind of one of the first – I wouldn't say people have said that they'll miss a beat, but that's one of the few people I've heard kind of outwardly express confidence and Ken Dorsey not skipping a beat. Mm -hmm. A lot of people bring up, hey, Brian Dable's gone, but they'll be okay. I I feel like Coach Haley was one of the first, Sean, that said, no, no, Dorsey's going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was interesting to
3: hear. A lot of people that I respect really high on the Baltimore Ravens, in spite of my concerns about their lack of proven production at the wide receiver position. But he also sounded as though the AFC North would go one of three ways because he's high on Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. and that collection of talent. He also really believes in Mike Tomlin, who he worked for. So, interesting thoughts. Uh, Definitely thinks that Kyle Shanahan is creative enough and selfless enough to make it as simple as possible for Trey Lance, you know, especially early in the season. Did not seem to like the Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, You liked it. Well, I did because I don't think you should punish – the young quarterback or the rest of the roster for the young quarterbacks and experience i was in a very similar situation now we were extremely successful nfc championship game in the playoffs every year but me and year four we probably win the super bowl mm. so i've seen the hardy nickersons not get a chance to win a championship because we had a young inexperienced quarterback in me i was learning You know, and I've always felt a certain kind of way because it was like, gosh, why could not I be in year four and get Hardy a championship? You know, and ultimately we ended up winning one, you know, but Trey's kind of the same boat. You know, a lot of guys in that locker room, the difference between them and the Hall of Fame probably is winning a championship. And he's a young quarterback. He deserves a chance to go out and not worry about failure, you know, just to see what he can and can't do. And it's a tough situation. But he thinks that Todd Haley, I'm I'm, uh, speaking of, thinks that Kyle Shanahan's perfect. Like, if there is a play caller in the National Football League that can navigate these two divergent paths and get them to the same destination, young, talented quarterback, but super inexperienced, veteran, established, Super Bowl-caliber roster, it's Cal uh, Shanahan, so it's be fascinating to watch.
5: Yeah, and that's why I took a flyer on them. I think the talent is there. Uh, I know your skepticism of of Trey Lance, and and them re-signing Jimmy G gave me a little extra worry. I'd already placed a bet uh, at BetMGM earlier uh, at two to one for them to win this division, uh, because I saw it. I saw it in 2012 with RG3, the way that he was able to craft a incredible offense for RG3. And we'll see how it works with Trey Lance. So, uh, a lot to uh, a lot to be uh, sorted out. Uh, certainly with the uh, with the NFC US to get an opportunity to start against Chicago. All right, it is back, Sean. <laughs> the world-renowned letdown spots. Uh, last year, we would put up letdown spots. Now, the thing I always point out: we're not saying bet all of these. We talk them out. Is this a letdown spot? Should this be a spot to bet? And a lot of these spots that we pointed out, Sean. Ended up coming true. So I want to bring up a couple. And I, early on in the season, letdown spots, I, I'm not as crazy about them, but I still think there's a couple interesting ones. And I, I the, the one that is on top of the list to me is really fascinating because I think it's a letdown and a possible look-ahead opportunity for the roadrunners of UTSA. So UTSA, if you counted over the weekend, had a three-overtime thriller that ended up with a loss at the hands of Of the Houston Cougars. They did a great job to get back into the game. Kick a field goal. Force overtime. They both made their two-point conversions in the second overtime. And then Clayton Toon made a miraculous, you know, leaping touchdown into the end zone. So UTSA loses that game, Sean. An opportunity at home to take it on a top 25 team in Houston. Next week, talking about September 17th, they get another big opportunity against Hook'em Horns Mm -hmm. in Texas. What do they have to do this week? Just travel across the country for a noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central start against the Triple Option and the Army Black Knights. Letdown spot for the Roadrunners come Saturday afternoon at Mikey Stadium in good old West Point, New York.
3: This is interesting for me because you have to understand, like, geographically, University of Texas San Antonio is playing in what's presumed to be their big brother, Houston. So they did circle that game. But my takeaway, Tim, was Frank Harris might just be good enough so it doesn't he's, matter. He's really good. I mean, the UTSA quarterback threw for 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, ran for 63 on only eight carries and a touchdown. They had 200-yard receivers. He's really good. And, like, generally in these letdown spots, if you don't have an elite quarterback, I think you're definitely susceptible to, to losing an army's got to be rallying the troops. They just lost a game at coastal Carolina that they don't generally anticipate losing, especially with how successful they've been the last couple of years. But I'm going to back Frank Harris in this spot, man. I just think the, the UTSA quarterback might be that
5: good. He's really good. Uh, and UTSA was a team that, that I really liked last year. They go on to win their conference championship. I just think this is a really tricky situational spot. I'll see how it plays out. If it gets the three, I'm taking army. Uh, But uh, right now, I I would lean towards the Black Knights, let down possible look ahead spot. All right. How about Old Dominion? (laughs) Old Dominion on Friday. Shouts to the Monarchs, though. I wish they had lost by seven, so we both could have won our bets. But uh, I'll take my win instead. Uh, They beat Virginia Tech in a game, let's be honest, probably shouldn't have won. They had a ton of turnovers go in their favor, turnover luck. Uh, they were outgained, but they get the win. They storm the field. They beat Virginia Tech, and now they have to turn around and face East Carolina. Now, East Carolina, you could argue, is also in a letdown spot after they had a victory snatched from their hands, missed extra point, missed field goal at the end of regulation. They were right on the cusp of beating a top 15 team in NC State. What I tell you, I said, be wary. North Carolina State. I agreed with you. Um, Is this a letdown spot for Old Dominion? And what is the mindset of ECU after having a victory snatched away last Saturday?
3: This is a no play for me. Um, This is probably one of the more surprising lines when it came out. It's pretty high, man. But then I just think Virginia Tech is a complete dumpster fire. They lost to Old Dominion, and the quarterback from Old Dominion, Hayden Wolf, went 14 of 35. (laughs) He only completed 40% of his passes for only 100 and something yards, and they still won. I think it speaks more about how bad Virginia Tech is and how elite Old Dominion is, but I'm still wary of East Carolina. They put a lot into that game. They outplayed NC State. They had the game won. The kicker misses an extra point and then subsequently misses a field goal to win it. So I'm not willing to back East Carolina. Here's a two-touchdown favorite, but I'm also not willing to take Old Dominion and what was really a non-existent passing game against East Carolina on the road. So this is a no play for me.
5: All right. Uh, one game that I have already bet. Uh, I was looking for this number, and I grabbed it. Georgia State is hosting North Carolina. Drake May, you mentioned it after the, uh, after the Florida A&M game. You said he's the real deal. And it, hard to disagree. They, they got some dudes on that roster. That being said, Sean, they can't stop a nosebleed. I mean, they give up everything when it comes to uh, offense. Now, they had to play this game without Josh Downs, an electric wide receiver. But they get it done. They win 63-61 to 61 in epic fashion. Now they have to turn around and go play another group of five team on the road. And I'll point this out. So if you look at the score, Georgia State looked like they got blown out by South Carolina. It's 12-7 at the half. They were up 14-12 in the third quarter. They outgained South Carolina. Two of the Gamecocks' touchdowns came via a blocked punt return for a score. Now, Georgia State's quarterback did not play well at all, but UNC kind of helps get the best out of you when it comes to the offense. Does Georgia State, hosting their first ever Power 5 team keep it close on Saturday in the potential letdown spot for UNC.
3: I don't think so. I think Georgia State's a really good program. I like the head coach. But listen, Spencer Rattler's not very good. In my opinion, Drake May is a Heisman contender. I think North Carolina has too much on offense. Maybe Georgia State keeps it close for a quarter. But with that offense they have, I don't think they can go punch for punch with North Carolina. I think they pull away, win this game by at least three touchdowns. All
5: right, we'll hit a couple more letdown spots a little bit later on in the show. But you mentioned Drake May as a potential Heisman candidate. It is top three Tuesday. We take a look at the best bets available in the Heisman trophy market.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
5: Turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $25. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long just opt in to the one game parlay insurance promotion then place a one game parlay wager with four legs or more on any major league baseball game if you miss only one leg of your wager You'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and condition. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issue. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada, New York, or Washington, DC. Alongside Sean King, Tulane Great. I am Tim Murray. We got some business to handle, by the way. You wanna get your got your notebook? Go make some. I've already made the checks in the cigar. You one. got one, I got one. I know. And by the way, I mean, credit to you. Yeah. Good call by Florida. You know, as the week, as the weeks went on, and you that became to come that way. became the popular pick. I'm like, oh, this is not gonna be good. And and uh Cam rising right on the goal line, opportunity. To, at very least, force overtime. I don't know what he was trying to do on that interception. I take pride in the fact
3: that I was on that game early. You were? Yeah. This wasn't like me following the wave. I think I started the wave. And I said, for the one reason that everybody now knows,
5: Anthony Richardson is a Heisman caliber talent. I take pride on on the fact that uh, USF would get smoked by BYU. (laughs) I made...
3: That cigar bet before <laughs> Jeff
5: Scott decided
3: to run Timmy
5: McClain didn't off. It didn't matter. It did matter. didn't matter. Man, let's get to Tim, our Heisman. Timmy takes. McClain, don't play defense. Don't
3: bring up the Bulls. You're trying to get me in a bad mood.
5: Jeez. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to. Uh, it is a top three Tuesday, and I, I think this is an interesting way to look at the Heisman market. So the way we're prefacing this isn't our top three Heisman candidates after Week One. That's boring. What do we? What do we care about this is a betting network? These are the top three Heisman bets we would make right now. And number one is a guy that's near and dear to your heart, Mm -hmm. J.J. McCarthy. I think that Michigan is primed for a really big-time season. I'm not really nervous about Iowa. Now, they go on the road to Iowa later on this season. I'm not all that worried about Wisconsin. We'll see. Penn State, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but I think there's a chance that Michigan is 10-1, and maybe even 11-0, and heading into that game at the Horseshoe. And I truly believe, Sean, this is the time, if you believe in J.J. McCarthy, as you do, mm-hmm. this is the time to bet him. Why? Because Cade McNamara's showcase was week one. This Saturday night against Hawaii, where the Wolverines are, I don't know, just a 52-point favorite, it is J.J. McCarthy's time. I believe he takes the job and runs with it, had a big touchdown run against Colorado State. He shows that athleticism. I'm telling you things you already know. I think J.J. McCarthy takes the job after this game against Hawaii, and I think at 50-1, to you can even get a little higher, I think J.J. McCarthy, for a team that is number four in the country and their quarterback, I think he is worth a look as a long shot in the Heisman Trophy market.
3: Well, I think two of your guys have the same problem. They're more talented than the incumbent, but because of the way the set schedules sets up, I don't think there's anything the incumbent can do to not be a part of the offensive game plan moving forward. I know what Harbaugh said about starting Cade in game one and JJ in, in game two and making a decision. You know what decisions are going to make in game three? We're going to use both of them.
5: Well, I think at that price with the top but it's worth team, a top five team, I think it's worth a yeah, flyer. Because I think Michigan's, Looks like they're going to be pretty good, and I like the schedule the way it shapes up. They get Penn State at home. They do have to go to Iowa uh, in early October. Iowa is uh, inept of scoring at least in week one, uh, you know. And uh, Michigan State at home, so I think the schedule sets up nicely for the for for Go Blue there. And then we'll see what happens at the Ohio State game. Another bet I'd be willing to make. I know it's a, a buy high opportunity. Uh, <laughs> man, Anthony Richardson's the real deal. Now I don't know if Florida's good enough. To be a top five team, Sean, but his skill set is pretty damn impressive. So that would be a Heisman bet I'd be willing to make. And then the last one, this would be a complete nutter flyer. You know, just a couple bucks. It would be Cabe Klubnik. Now, as you mentioned, they play Furman this week. Dabo Dabo apparently is just uh, enamored with DJU. Uh, So I don't know if Klubnik's going to get Klubnik, Klubnik, whatever is going to get an opportunity to take that starting job. But at 100-1, to 1, I think that defense is good enough to win them an ACC championship, get them to the playoff. Will Dabo make the right choice? We'll see. He did it a couple years ago. He benched Kelly Bryant for Trevor Lawrence. Will he do it again? I don't know. I think he does it, but I don't think he does it soon enough for Klubnik to be in the Heisman. Probably right. Probably race. right. And that's why he's but sitting I think at 100-1. to 1. When you look at his talent,
3: Hundred to one's worth a flyer.
5: Yeah. All right. Those are my three Heisman bets. I'd be willing to make right now after what we saw Week One. Sean, what would you do?
3: Now, unlike Tim, my guys actually start. Like they actually play. Like you don't have to worry about someone getting hurt. Like they're going to be the JJ McCarthy question will be the starting quarterback for their respective J. J. teams. JJ McCarthy will the be the starter. The rest of the season, barring injury, I will say this. Bryce Young was outstanding. I talked about Alabama's O-line and the issues they had. He ran around and he made plays. He's defending the Heisman winner. And the reason he's on my list is because I think plus 300 is as good a number as you're going to get from this point forward. He threw five, five touchdown passes in week one. I know they were playing Utah State, but at the end of the day, if it's close, the statistics matter. He also rushed for 100 yards, Tim, and a touchdown. So, If he ends the season, you know, in that 4,500 passing yardage mark and throws for 50 touchdowns, but he also ran for 7,800, I mean, that's going to be really hard not to give him, you know, the Heisman or have him earn the Heisman in back-to-back years. So I have Bryce number one just because he did nothing in his get first game after winning the Heisman to dispel the rumor that he is the favorite again. Anthony Richardson, I've been on him before the Utah game. I said if they can keep him healthy, because last year he did battle a hamstring injury, then he's Heisman. He's Heisman caliber. He ran for three touchdowns against one of the best defenses in college football in that Utah Utes defense that's outstanding every year. Didn't put up flashy passing numbers, but because he has like the top five play every week. Like, he made a couple plays where he got out of sacks and ran for first downs, ran for a long touchdown, threw an unbelievable ball on a third down. People overlook the fact that he's not going to throw for, you know, a gazillion yards. I just think he's a Heisman talent. Now, my third one, Drake May. Drake May's good.
5: <laughs> he is good.
3: Like, after the career that Sam Howell had at UNC, and you guys know how I feel about Sam Howell. I had him as the number one Quarterback in this past year's draft. That's where I had him rated. I stand on that. Haven't wavered at all. Drake May's better. Like he's a more linear athlete. I think his foot speed is slightly better. And he's got slightly better arm talent. And listen, North Carolina has guys. Now I know up until this point of the season, people have only talked about this North Carolina defense because it's been atrocious. But how about this for a projection? Drake May is on pace to throw for 84 touchdown passes. He has 14 <laughs> through the first two weeks of the season. And what have you seen that makes you think the results are going to change? Like, I think Mac has come, Mac Brown, the head coach of North Carolina, has come to realization that the only chance we have to win is to get in shootouts. Now they're going up against the Georgia State team that just played a South Carolina team with an overrated quarterback in Spencer Rattler, in my opinion, that went third and 15 on third. Now they have an inflated sense of where they are in defense. Well, guess what? That real deal is coming to Atlanta on Saturday by Drake May right now because as the season progresses, if North Carolina can keep winning, keep outscoring teams, and listen, last year Wake Forest proved it's possible. They proved it's possible to just outscore people every week, even though your defense is terrible, and still have a chance late in the season to be playing for the ACC championship. So I'm on the North Carolina quarterback at 45-1. to I think those odds are tremendous for a guy that's on pace to throw for 84 touchdowns. Can you imagine? Even if he ends up, even if he falls on his face and throws for 60. <laughs> I
5: mean, goodness. Um, Drake Mays really good. And uh, I'll say the, the wise words of, of my partner, Sean King no shot no <laughs> he says shot. that Drake May who's
3: thrown for 14 no touchdowns against, in 2 weeks doesn't have a shot against, and he had two backup quarterbacks he was trying to
5: convince
3: you <laughs> to place the against
5: A&M on. and App State hey welcome to the real world when you play Notre Dame Miami Pittsburgh, you had Wake two Forest, guys NC State. That don't even get announced with the starting lineup. That's why I have a guy who plays for a top five team, and I believe will win the starting job after he lights up Hawaii on Saturday night. Hey, now, listen, the club pick co-host one is a went 100. out of town
3: and he came back cuckoo for, for cocoa puffs.
5: I will guarantee you this: JJ McCarthy has a better shot of winning the Heisman Trophy than. That. Luke May uh, Drake Drake May, May. as you said no shot and I love JJ Drake May they're going to lose six games Brad Powers up next. <laughs>